welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Good morning, Faith Heights Church. It is wonderful to get to be with you all again. If we met before, do you mind maybe just waving your hand? Yay, well, it's so good to see you all again. And if we've never met before, can you wave your hand so I can see some new besties here? Hey guys, (laughs) but before we get going, I just wanna say just how honored and excited and grateful I am to get to be with each and every one of you and how much we just love and appreciate your wonderful pastors. You guys are just so blessed here, just Pastor John, Pastor Carla, Pastor Dominic, and Rachel. We love you guys so much. And um, yeah, it's been a few years now that your pastors are actually some of my adopted parents. I like to collect parents around the world, but they are two very, very special ones. And there's just, it's been a few years now. So there's been um, just an immediate connection there. Immediately fell in love with them. Just like I know each and every one of you, don't you love and appreciate just what a gift that they are to the body of Christ. And we just honor you. We love you. And I mean, you all, you are blessed here. Some of the very best teaching that you could find anywhere around the world. So I hope that you all know that. And just to have leaders who genuinely love God and love people, that is such a blessing. So thank you so much. But yeah, I always get excited anytime I have the opportunity to come to Colorado. And I, I can't come to Colorado without saying it like that. You got to say, Colorado. Try. Did you know that? If, I mean, you live in the state. You have to say it like that. Can you try it on? First, I'd say it with me. Colorado. Okay. That's from, actually, it's one of our favorite movies, too. My family has always loved this movie. And now we have to, like, say, hey, before we will talk about Jesus, we will get into the word. But also kind of have to mention Disney. That's, like, an important thing. But so, especially being from Florida, there is uh, this vintage Disney movie. It's called Snowball Express. Has anyone seen it? Your pastors have seen it. Thank you. We got a couple. We're standing. We're going to make it. But there's a good movie. If you want to see a movie about your home state that all of our us little Easterners. Wow, I actually got the direction right. I was about to say Westerner, but out, you know, out East, it's a movie that my family has always loved that has just made Colorado seem like the best place on the planet because it is. It honestly is. I always have found an excuse to, I try to pretend that I'm a mountain girl. I, all right, I really am. Even though I'm also pretty gangster too. Can you tell? <laughs> I'm from Miami. That's like a part of who I am. Actually, um, I don't think there's any youth in here today, but when I was like 13 years old, I'm like, oh, it would be cool every time I introduced myself to be like, yo, 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 I'm Olivia Mo. What? Wiki, wiki, wow. And then I like to tell middle schoolers, like, you might not want to try that. Like, I had zero friends. It might not work for you. <laughs> but I, for some reason, I still think, hey, I think that's a pretty fun way to be like, yo, guys. All right. <laughs> no, this outfit, I'm probably going to jump around a lot. I can like move so much. I can punch someone. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool. All right. Got some aerobics in right now. 
But anyways, back to Disney, because that's important. Um, so there's a great movie called Snowball Express. Got to plug that one in there. It's one of our like initial bonding points here. <laughs> and yeah, so there's when they, uh, it's about a guy who, who inherits this whole resort out in Colorado. So he quits his job, moves his family out into the boondocks nowhere. It's just like, it's, you got to see it. You got to see it. All right. But when he says it, he's like, we're moving to Colorado. So there you go. All that was free, guys. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, I, I am just so honored and blessed to be here. And, and I believe in what God is doing here in Grand Junction. I believe in what God is doing here at Faith Heights Church. You all are at the right place, right on time. And you know what? God is doing a brand new thing here at this church and here in your life individually. Amen. And I believe that just like the title of the church, you know, Faith, the name Faith Heights Church, it was just in my heart that God is taking you to new heights, to greater dimensions, greater glory. Amen. You know, it says in the Bible that he takes you from strength to strength, from glory to glory, from faith to faith. You know, God does not plateau. Okay. I love, what is it called? Is it the, the Mesa? No, the Mesa or the monument? Yeah, the Grand Mesa. Okay, what am I saying? Mesa. <laughs> I messed it up. All right. <laughs> but you know how it's, that's the one that's like flat on top, right? Okay, so we see those plateaus, but God is not a God who plateaus. He's a God of increase. And you know, he's doing a brand new thing. So God did not bring you this far just to bring you this far. And maybe you feel right now, like maybe you're in the midst of a trial, in the midst of a struggle. Guess what? If you don't see victory around, you right now, that just means your story's not over yet. Amen. It's not over until it ends in victory. And God is a God of increase. God is a God of vision. And God is a God of restoration and acceleration. Amen. I believe this is a brand new season for you individually as a church corporately, that God is doing a brand new thing. It's already begun. Let that hope rise up within you. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Spirit? Aren't you thankful that God is a God of hope? And what is what does the word hope mean? You know, in the Bible, that's actually confident, joyful expectation. And God wants his people. You're made in the very likeness and the image of God. That means that you can live life like God does, amen? And his victory is your victory. Jesus didn't win that victory for himself. He was already victorious. He won the victory for you, amen? So no matter what you're going through in life, victory is guaranteed. All right, I've already talked talked about some, I like to tell on myself just to let you know how much of a dork I am. But you know, one of the things that if we're going to be besties, like, please do not spoil a movie for me. Is there anyone who does not like movie spoilers? Thank you. All right. We get each other. Like, I'm very passionate about that fact that I do not like movie spoilers, like to um, the degree that I won't even watch a preview whenever, even if I know exactly what, even with Hallmark movies, I don't want to watch. And you know how a Hallmark movie is going to end up. All right. Like, of course, you know. <laughs> but I still won't watch the preview. So I'll like run out of the room. If there's one on, like I'll cover my ears and my eyes and scream, be like, ah, I can't see it. <laughs> but you know, here's one spoiler, a spoiler alert that I do like. So let me just preface it by saying like, spoiler alert, like look out guys. But here's one that I think you will like is that if you don't quit in life, no matter what you're currently going through, if you refuse to quit, if you refuse to give up, guess what? Victory is guaranteed. Victory is guaranteed. Victory belongs to you. Amen.
And we were singing about it this morning, how, you know, Jesus Christ, he is your living hope, amen? He is your expectation for the future. You don't have to be intimidated by the past and you don't have to be intimidated by the future, amen? God has called you by a new name. God is taking you forth and God has prepared the way for you, amen? He is alpha and omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. Guess what? God has been to your future and back. You know, he knows what you're currently dealing with. He knows the struggle. Each one of you, you are seen. You are not forgotten. God knows you by name. You are his workmanship. You're recreated in Christ Jesus. You're born anew. God knows you and he has destined you for greatness. But not only does he know what you're currently going through, but guess what? He knows where you're going. Amen. He knows where he is taking you. He's with you every step of the way. He's with you. He's for you. He's not against you. Amen. God is doing a brand new thing. It reminds me about a story in the Bible. How many of you like stories? Story time this morning. All right. <laughs> One of my favorite stories in the Bible is when Jesus and his disciples, when they loaded up in that boat, what did Jesus say in the beginning? Before the journey even began, what did Jesus say? He said, let us go to the other side. He said, we're not saying here. He said, we're going to go to the other side. We're going to make it to the other side. But what happened in that middle part of the journey? Actually, the Bible says in the middle part of the lake. And before I go on, okay, I have this like Mary Poppins bag again. Got to talk about Disney, right? <laughs> and I am like a chronic overpacker. So I like carry this around with me everywhere I go. <laughs> but you'll never know what I'm going to pull out. Voila, here we go. <laughs> but let's see if I can catch it. No, oh, I did, okay, <laughs> cool, all right. <laughs> but you know, I dented it before by not catching it. That's okay. <laughs> but you know, if you begin a journey, or let's say, if have you ever seen runners run a race? And the moment that baton gets in their hand, what happens? They take off with everything within them. They don't have time to look to the right or look to the left. And if you've ever ran a race, if you ever, do we have any track runners maybe in the past? <laughs> Some of those glory days now. All right. You know, if you ever ran track or if you ever watched the Olympics, you know, they say you can't look behind you. One of the things that will slow you down the fastest in a race and even cause you to stumble sometimes is what? looking back. No, you got to keep your eyes on the prize. Got to keep your eyes. And it reminds me about how Paul said, this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind me. He says, one translation says, I'm going to, I'm going to stretch forth. I'm going to lengthen my stride. You keep on putting one foot in front of the other. But you know, if you've ever um, seen maybe runners run a longer race or even those marathon runners, what can happen in the middle part of that race? You know, sometimes at the beginning, it's like, whoa, I could do this all day. Have you ever tried running? Or you're like, I just got back into running because I used to run like a long time ago in high school, but I just recently got back into it. And I'm like, oh yeah, like I can do a mile. That's nothing. And then I try the mile for the first time. I was like, oh my gosh, a mile is actually kind of long. <laughs> but you know, in the middle part, well, when you first start in the beginning, it's like, yeah, we can do this all day. We got this, we got this. But in that middle part, that's when the weariness can start to set in. So let's go back to Jesus, the disciples in the boat. You didn't forget about them, right? You know, there they are. Jesus said, we're going to go to the other side. But in the middle part of that lake, that's when it says that a great storm 
came up. It actually says a hurricane-sized proportion storm. I'm from Florida. We know about hurricanes. So, you know, here's this massive storm. But here's the thing, and maybe you're here today, and maybe you feel like you're facing a trial. Maybe it's the shame of your past. Maybe it's the things that happened to you. Maybe it's even, sometimes it can be our own failures, our own mistakes, whatever it is. Maybe it was words that were spoken against you. Maybe it was just a difficulty, a painful situation that you went through. Whatever it is that you went through in life or maybe currently facing in life, guess what? No storm has the power to change what Jesus has said about you, amen? No trial, no storm. That hurricane-sized storm did not have the power to change what Jesus said. What did Jesus say? He said, we're gonna go to the other side. We're gonna make it all the way. We're not staying here. God did not bring you halfway just to bring you halfway. He said, no, we're gonna go to the other side, amen? So no matter what you're facing through and what you're going through in life, guess what? God's word does not change. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. What is it? Even our faith and faith believes, therefore we speak. We have that same spirit of faith. That's what the Bible says. Talking about you, you're in the Bible. And he said, we, meaning you, meaning me, you have that same spirit of faith. And what does the spirit of faith do? Well, the spirit of faith, you know, that's the attitude of the overcome. And the spirit of faith, you believe, therefore you speak. Amen. And you know what? Faith comes how? By hearing and hearing and hearing. We got to keep on hearing. Amen. Keep on feeding it. The more God is taking you, this is Faith Heights Church, right? From faith to faith, from glory to glory. The glory of God is the goodness of God. God wants you to have some wow moments in your life that you know it's not by might, not by power, but it was the Holy Spirit who worked on your behalf. God loves loves you. God's with you every step of the way. So we got to hear the word of God. We got to believe that word. And we have to dare to speak that word because you know your victory is in your voice. Amen. Your victory, it comes with you. You're, the moment you dare to believe God's word and you speak God's word, guess what? God is faithful to perform that very word in your life. He's watching. The eyes of the Lord are scanning to and fro. What is he looking for? He's looking for faith. And I believe that God God sees some faith here at Faith Heights Church, amen? It's a bright light here in Grand Junction. And you know, so you're not gonna roll over and play dead when the enemy tries to come and bring those tormenting thoughts, tries to bring that shame, tries to bring whatever it might be. Guess what? You have this victory. It is your faith. There's nothing that we face in life that you don't have the power to overcome, amen? The strength to endure and the power of resistance. You are well able, amen? So Jesus said, we're going to go to the other side. But let's just imagine the disciples right then in the middle of that storm. That's when, that's why we got to keep feeding our faith. Amen. Because we need to feed our faith before the trial comes up. And then also during that storm, we got to keep on keeping our faith strong because it can be easy to forget. That's why, you know, the apostle Paul said, I would remind you. Did you know sometimes humans, we need to be reminded of things? <laughs> he said, I would remind you what to stir up the gift of God that is within you. Stir it up. You have this victory within you. You have Christ in you, the hope of glory. That means there could be hopelessness all around you, but hope is closer. You know why? Because you're one spirit with the living God. The spirit of victory, the spirit of, you know, the spirit of hope. He is Christ in you. Jesus himself is your hope hope, your expectation. Hopelessness might be close, but hope is closer. Amen. 
hope lives within you. His name is Jesus. He's faithful, amen? But just like the disciples, you know, they forgot about, I think it was probably easy for them to forget, oh wait, Jesus said we're gonna go to the other side. Why? Because what are we focusing on? What are we looking to? What are we listening to? The storm was loud. The storm was big. And you know, sometimes those things will try to overshadow and overpower what Jesus has already spoken. So uh, could you imagine the disciples are probably panicking there in the storm. Maybe they're trying to dump that water. They're trying in their own strength. They're striving. They're doing what they feel like they can do. But you know, they went and they found Jesus. Where is Jesus? Asleep in the back of the boat. Oh my goodness, of all places. <laughs> and you know, there they were, they woke him up. And do you know what the question was that was on the forefront of their mind? They said, Master, do you care? Now think about it. Just put yourself in their shoes. There's probably a lot of questions that were coming up in their minds. But what was the question? that was on the forefront of their minds. And you know, honestly, this was not the direction that I thought we would start out this morning, but I believe that God just wants to get this really clear and just implanted within us. That in the middle of the trial, they said, Master, do you care? And you know, um, thank God, aren't, aren't you thankful that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever? Aren't you thankful for that? The same Jesus who healed in the Bible, he's the healer today. The same Jesus, you know, that we know that has this victory. He is that same victorious Jesus. He is your advocate. He is ever, you know, living to make intercession for us. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. But did you know that the enemy is also the same yesterday, today, and forever? Not on the same scale at all because he is a defeated foe, thank God. But he's also, that means he doesn't learn any new tricks. He doesn't, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. You know, he uses, he's the same. He uses the same tricks with everyone. He's a defeated foe, but you know what? He has the tools of distraction and deception. And I love what your pastors have been teaching about how, you know, the devil comes looking beautiful, looking, you know, it can be really logical. The reasoning that the enemy enemy will bring and that's where he works in the realm of reasoning but where is our victory now faith is the victory amen that's why the bible says to pull down every stronghold because you did you know faith doesn't deny the storm faith doesn't say there's no storm what are you talking about we got blue skies no faith is not blind faith is not denial faith is just sight of a higher kind amen faith is anchored And the one who said, hey, we're gonna go to the other side. We're gonna make it all the way. Faith, like Hebrews 12, it talks about that that, that when we're running that race, it says, look away from all that distracts and do what? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. Woo, he's our finisher. He's your finisher. He's faithful to finish. And guess what? He's with you every step of the race. He doesn't leave you. He's faithful right there at the beginning. And then you're running that race. You're in the boat, whatever it is. He's right there with you. Amen. He's your faithful finisher. And no storm, no trial has taken God by surprise. But here's something that needs to just be really clear. Because like we said, the enemy, he roams around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. But guess what? He can't devour you. Amen. You can perfectly 
purpose ahead of time. I'm not one that he may devour. You may not devour me. Why? Because you have authority in Jesus' name. You have the sword of the spirit. You've been given the armor of God. Why are we given the armor of God? It says in Ephesians to put it on, put on the armor of God. You don't put on armor just to lay back and say, case or us or whatever will be what will be. No, you know, you put on some armor because you got to fight. But guess what? It's a good fight. It's the fight of faith because if you don't quit, hey, spoiler alert, if you don't quit, you always win. Amen. It's a good fight. We know how this fight is going to end. Amen. You have the victory, but we need to be bold to pull out the sword of the spear. What is it? It's the word of God. We have that same spirit of faith. We believe, therefore we speak. Amen. What does a sword do? I think sword fights look really fun. I would love to do that. <laughs> Woo. All right. <laughs> but sorry. That's how my mind works. But you know, imagine, okay, let's break it down to a knife. What does a knife do? If you're cooking, I'm learning to cook. Oh my gosh, an adventure. Okay. <laughs> but you know, if you're cooking something, let's say you're cooking some chicken, you want to cut that fat off. What do you do? You take the knife, you cut off what you don't want. Heaviness, hopelessness, depression, torment, shame from the past, all these things, they're a very real thing. And you know, the enemy, I got to use this bag again. You know, the enemy will try to, to burden you down, burden you down with fear, burden you down with intimidation, with shame, with regret. He'll try to burden you down. Why? Because it's hard to move. <laughs> you know, when you're loaded down by all these things, that's why Jesus said, come unto me. Come unto me. His arms are always wide open. He said, come unto me. All who are weary and overburdened, come unto me. I'll give you rest. One translation says, I'll ease, I'll relieve, I'll refresh your souls. He said, I'll give you a permanent vacation of rest for your souls. Amen. You like vacation? You don't even have to go to Hawaii or go to Disneyland to be on vacation. You can go to the happiest place on earth where dreams come true. It can be right there in the presence of God. Everywhere you go, victory goes with you. Amen. He said, come unto me. And God's word in your mouth is just as powerful as God's word in his mouth. You're made in his likeness, made in his image. He said, let there be light. There was light. Guess what? You speak God's word. You will see that word come to pass. And I love what your pastor said. Do not underestimate, you know, that chipping away of the mountain. Do not underestimate the power of you. Faith is simple. Amen. Faith is simple, but sometimes what's simple isn't always what's easy to do. It's simple, but if you, you, we have to do it. Amen. Faith is not passive. Faith is active. Pull out the sword of the spirit. That heaviness will try to come. That shame, that burden of the past, whatever it might be, will try to come. But just like Isaiah, it talks about that we put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Did you hear that? Some action word. Put it on. Put on. Okay, you can't be silent and praise God right? You, you got to open up your mouth and be thankful and say so to him. Did you hear that? Be thankful and do what? Just, it's good to think a thankful thought, but it's kind of a tongue twister. It's good to think it, but guess what? It's even more powerful when you open up your mouth. Now faith is the victory. We overcome how? By the blood of the lamb. Was that the end of the scripture in Revelation? We overcome by the blood of the lamb. We need the blood of Jesus. Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus? Who aren't you thankful? 
that there's no pit too deep that the blood of Jesus doesn't reach down into. <laughs> Aren't you thankful that the blood of Jesus speaks on your behalf, speaks of your freedom, speaks of your innocence, speaks of the victory that Jesus has come to give you. We need the blood of Jesus. But to see that victory, to live in that place of victory, you also have to do what the rest of the verse says. It says, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and, everyone say and, and what? By the word of our testimony. Point to your mouth, the word of your testimony. Faith believes, therefore you speak the same way you got born again. If you're born again, raise your hand. If you, if you are saved, you're going to, to heaven, you got Jesus in your heart. How did you do that? You believed in your heart, you spoke with your mouth. How are you gonna see victory in your life? How are you gonna make it to the other side? You believe in your heart, therefore you speak. Just like a sword, the sword of the spirit cuts off what doesn't belong. Cut off that hopelessness. Cut off that shame. Your victory is in your voice, amen? So Jesus, just like he did not cause that storm, he didn't cause that trial. Remember the enemy, the thief, he roams around like a lion. And who is he? The thief. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So we said he's a defeated foe, but he'll use those tools of what distraction and deception. How did he do it in the beginning? We said the enemy's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, he slithered in like a serpent, sly, crafty, not knocking on the front door with a red cape and a pitchfork saying, boo, let me in, I'm here to destroy you. <laughs> no, like, you know, that's not how the enemy works. You know, he comes, he's a lot more crafty than that. Did you know he'll even, he'll study people and he'll know what's attractive to someone and what's not attractive. He, he knows what will be a temptation for one person. And he knows what's not a temptation for another person. Like you might be here today and you might think, you know what, I've never even been tempted to, to, um, to whatever, to be an alcoholic or whatever might be. I've never even been tempted to overeat or whatever it might be in your life. Why? Because the enemy knows what's going to be a temptation to you and what's not a temptation to someone else. But I want to turn here together. Wow, we're going to open the Bible on a Sunday morning. All right. <laughs> Let's look over real fast to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. This is just such um, an encouraging verse right here. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, and I'm gonna read this in the Amplified. It says, for no temptation, no trial, no matter how it comes or where it leads has overtaken you. That is not common to man. It says that no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance. Because you know, the enemy, he works the same way. He'll try the same type of lies. You might switch them around some, but he'll try the same type of lies. Just like in the beginning, he said, did God really say that? And what he's working in the reasoning, he's working on this sense realm of what you see, what it feels. And feelings can be real, but feelings will lie to you, amen? Feelings will say, you know what? No one else is going through what you're going through. No one else is able to make it. If they were going through what you were going through, no one else would make it either. And he'll try, you know, the enemy, he's the thief. You know what another name of the enemy is? Is that he is the accuser of the brethren and he is a liar he only knows one language and it's the language of lies have you ever been somewhere where everyone else is speaking a different language and you're a little bit in the darkest way he only speaks one language and it is the language of a lot of lies and you know but thank god we can be encouraged by that because you know what the enemy would try to use to discourage you when he says you're not going to make it when he says you're a failure when he says you're not even worth the thought of living of continuing 
when he tries to say, you know, what you're going through is just too bad and too great. God is so mad at you. He'll try all those things. Guess what? It's a lie from the pit of hell. And the enemy wouldn't come and even try to waste his time trying to lie to you. A thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, trying to take your life, trying to steal that vision, try to steal that sense of purpose. Remember, God's handed you a baton. You have a race to run. He wouldn't even bother wasting his time doing that if he was not afraid of the destiny that belongs to you. If he was not afraid of you, the, the worst threat for the enemy is a Christian who knows who they are in Christ. The, the greatest threat to the enemy is a Christian who's not going to roll over and play dead. That you're not going to let the storm overtake you. You're not going to be overclouded by the trials, the shame of the past, whatever you've gone through. No, but someone who will rise up with the spirit of faith and say, I have victory in Jesus. I'm not staying here. We're going to go to the other side. Amen. We're going to go all the way. And it says that there's no trial that is beyond human resistance. So be encouraged today. Guess what it says right there? It says, but God is faithful. Woo, that's a good place to rejoice. God is faithful. Aren't you glad? He's faithful. It says to his word and his compassionate nature. The enemy is he's a liar. But here's one thing God can't do. God cannot lie. God cannot lie. You can bank your life upon the words of Jesus. Jesus said, we're going to go to the other side. You can bank your life. You see, faith, sometimes it might feel like the enemy would try to make you think, oh, faith is risky business. You step out. You don't know it's there. Guess what? Faith is not a risk because you are walking upon the very word of God. Amen? Yet sometimes in the natural, it might feel like, ooh, what's going to happen? But guess what? God's your faithful finisher. It's a guaranteed victory. You obey God. You don't quit. You know how that's going to turn out. It doesn't sound too risky to me. You know, victory belongs to you. Amen. Faith guarantees that. And it says right there, God is faithful. In 1 Corinthians 1, 9, it says that God is faithful. He's reliable. He's trustworthy. He can be depended on. Each one of you are sitting down in your chair, and I'll just show you guys right here. Um, I like to see things, do you? <laughs> but you know, you're sitting down in your chair. You're not trying to hold yourself up. You're not like, oh, is this, is this chair gonna hold me? No, what are you doing? You didn't even think about it. You sat down, you rested. Maybe you thought about if you've been eating a lot. No, <laughs> but you know, you sat down, you rested there, and you said, you know what? <sighs> you take a deep breath. And you just rely upon that chair. You rest in that chair. You can have faith in a chair. Guess what? How much more so? You can rely. You can rest. Try it on. <sighs> just take a deep breath. You can rely upon the faithful God. He's faithful to you. There's no fear in his love. The God who is love. He doesn't just have love. God is love. There's no fear Perfect love expels every trace of terror. God's faithful. You know, Jesus, he was where asleep in the back of the boat. Not even the front of the boat. The front is where like the action is. The control is like, oh, we got to do something here. But in the back of the boat, he was asleep. That means he had some peace, right? <laughs> to be sleeping during a storm, he had that peace. And you know, Jesus said in John 14, verse 27, he said, peace, my own peace, perfect peace, complete peace, not a fragile peace, not the peace that the world gives you, not a peace based on circumstances, but Jesus said, my very own peace. 
and now give and bequeath unto you. He said, do not let your heart be troubled. Remember, faith is not passive. Faith is active. You, we have to guard our heart, amen? We need to keep the word of God in the midst of our heart. We need to meditate upon his word day and night. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let it nourish up your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And just like a tea bag, the more you let that thing soak and you stir it around, stir up the gift of God. Let it sit, meditate upon the word of God, build your foundation. Let God's word become the very fiber of your being, amen? It's just who you are, amen? Let that word ooze out of you like a sponge when pressure comes instead of defeat coming out of your mouth. No, you speak what God's word says, amen? And we're filled. I believe that you are a church filled and on fire with the spirit of God, amen? And filled with the word of God. He is faithful to his word. He is faithful to his compassionate nature. He can be trusted. It says right there in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, Jesus trusted his father. Jesus knew this storm did not have the trial. This storm and trial did not have the power to change that outcome. Amen. If you don't quit, victory is guaranteed to you. And you know, just like Jesus, there he was. Well, did you know that the Bible says in John um, 17, I believe it's verse 23, it's Jesus prayed for you. And you know what he said? He said that you would know that the father loves you the exact same way that he loves Jesus. Isn't that amazing? He prayed for you. He said that you would know, not just your neighbor. He prayed for each and every one of you. That, the that you would know that what? That the Father loves you the exact same way that he loves Jesus. Did you know the Father does not love Jesus more than he loves you? The Father, God, he loves you. And nothing has the power, it says in Romans 8, nothing has the power to separate you from the love of God. That means the shame of your past. And I'm gonna get into my testimony in a little bit, but you, no matter what you've gone through in life, the trial, the storm, no matter what you are currently dealing with. Nothing has the power to drive a wedge between you and the love of God. The enemy will try that same subtle lie. He'll try to slither his way in there and say, if God really loved you, if God really cared about you, then you would never be facing the storms and the trials that you're currently facing. But guess what? That is a lie straight from the pit of hell because here's something we got to make clear and very clear. God did not cause the storm. God didn't cause the trial. It didn't take him by surprise, but God did not cause that thing. It's the thief who comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But here's the good news. There's nothing in your life that God does not have the power to turn around in your life and make it better than it's ever been. He's a God of restoration. Amen. He's a God of hope. He's a God of vision and he's a God of victory. He's faithful to you. He's faithful to his word. He's faithful to his compassionate nature. And Jesus was fearless in the back of that boat. Jesus was at peace. Well, your love the same way that Jesus is loved. Amen. How many of you know that you are loved? And if you need to know that more, you can do what the Bible says in 1 John 4. It says that we have known, but not just known about it. Faith and familiarity are not the same thing. You could be familiar about something, but we need to meditate God's word. Being familiar about something, you know, it's like you can know that the ocean is out there. In Miami, we can be chickens in February. Like you don't really swim. <laughs> if you're really from Miami, you don't typically swim at the beach during February. I mean, we were just down in Sarasota. That water was chilly, okay? It's not just cold in Colorado, but you can know the ocean's out there. But the moment you believe something, it's like running into that ocean. You dive into the water. You experience it. First John 4 says, we've not only known about the love of God, 
taking another step. Faith Heights Church, go to another height. Guess what? You're going to believe that love. Like you're sitting in your chair. Faith is at rest. You believe something, ah, the pressure is not on me to perform it. God doesn't love you based on your performance. God does not love you based on like, if you cross every T and dot every I, I actually got that right. Sometimes I'd say, yeah, like dot every T, but you know, you see, you don't have to be perfect for God to love you. God's not looking for perfect people. Jesus is the perfect savior, amen? God doesn't love you based on what you've done. Oh, thank God for the blood of Jesus. When he looks at you, he sees the price that was paid for you. And God is not dumb. He will not pay the greatest expense for something that's worthless. And Jesus did not withhold one thing from you. God so loved the world. We were singing about God so loved you. He cherishes you. He values you, not just someone else, not the person. Yes, he loves the person next to you, but we're talking about you right now. God loves you the exact same way he loves Jesus. Amen. So we, you can dive into that love. There's a whole section in the book on you will not be remembered for that, all about receiving God's love. You gotta believe it and receive it. This is real. This is your reality, amen? So God loves you the exact same way he loves Jesus. Remember Jesus asleep in the back of the boat. And Jesus said, I've given you my very same peace. There is no fear in God's love. So you're loved the exact same way that Jesus is loved. You had the same peace as Jesus. And guess what else you have? You have that very same authority that Jesus has. Jesus said, behold, I give unto you authority. I give unto you power to tread upon serpents. He said, and nothing shall by any means be able to hurt you. So, you know, the enemy will try to say, if God really loved you, you would not be facing the trial, facing the storm that you're currently going through. And he tries to say, you're alone in this trial. He tries to say that, God has forgotten about you. God has left you. But you know what God said in his word. You can bank your life upon the words of God. This is God talking directly to you. You want a word from God? Open up your Bible. He will speak to you. And God said in Hebrews 13, he said, I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless. I will not leave you. I will not walk out on you. I will not forsake you. He said, I will not, I will not. He said three times, I will not leave you. I will not leave you without support. If there's anything in your life that you're going through, guess what? God's with you. He's with you. He's with you. And he won't allow anything to be in your life that you do not have the power to overcome. Then he tries to say, God's forgotten about you. That's why you're facing the difficulties you're facing. But guess what? Jesus was in the boat with the disciples. They felt alone. Remember, feelings will lie to you. They're like, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Where is he? But you know, where was Jesus? He was right in the boat with them. And in the same way today, the presence of a storm does not mean the absence of God. Did you get that? The presence of a storm. Jesus said, he also gave a spoiler in John 16. He said, in this world, you're gonna have trials. Wow, I'm so encouraged. He said, hey, in this world, he was talking to you. He said, in this world, guess what guys? Surprise. He said, you're gonna have trials. You're gonna have tribulations. But then he said, be of good cheer. And you might be like, hey, come again, what? He just said like, whoa, we're gonna have all these difficulties. Cheer up guys. But that wasn't the end of the verse. He didn't say, all right, peace out, guys. I'll be praying for you. <laughs> but, you know, no, he didn't just, you know, sign off. No, he said, be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world for you. I have overcome the world for you. Jesus did the hardest.
hard part. The shame of your past, the baggage of your past. Guess what? You can cheer up because that doesn't define who you are. That is not your identity. Amen. You don't have to be stuck there. You're going to go to the other side. That presence of a storm did not mean the absence of God. And in the same way that Jesus rose up, he didn't just let that storm stay there. What did he do? From a place of rest, from a position of rest, from a position of knowing, hey, I'm loved. Hey, God will not forsake me. God is faithful to me. From that position of rest, not striving, but from that place of rest, faith believes, therefore it speaks. Guess what? You have that same authority. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. The power of heaven backs you up. You have the same name as Jesus. So, you know, he's given you his name to use. And that name represents that victory. That name reinforces everything that Jesus has done. And Jesus has spoiled principalities and powers. Jesus has made a show of them openly. So you're not defined by what lies behind. You don't have to be labeled by your struggle. Your struggle is not your identity. You can rise up in faith. You can rise up and speak to the storm that will try to, you know, cause chaos and torment in your soul. Speak to the anxiety that tries, you know, sometimes that will try to chase you down. You have authority. Amen. It says right here in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, nothing will come to you right here that says you will not be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability, beyond what you are able. It reminds me about the spies. They came back. They said, we are well able. Yeah, they, faith didn't, you know, those that were in faith, they weren't denying the giants. They weren't denying the walled cities, but they said, hey, we're well able. We're well able. Why? You being well able is all, it's, it is a base on the faithfulness of God. Amen. The greater one lives within you. He's greater than the shame of your past. He's greater than what they did to you or, or the mistakes you make. God is greater. You are well able. Someone asked, how are you doing? He said, I'm well able. I'm well able. I'm well able. He said that nothing will come to you beyond your ability. Jesus is talking about you beyond your strength of resistance. You are strong in the Lord and the power of his might beyond your strength of resistance, beyond, listen to this, power to endure. We talked about that race. Who can get weary? Guess what? Do not faint in well-doing. Do not faint in well-doing. If you don't quit, you will win. Amen. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. There's strength. There's strength for you. Philippians 2.13, it says, not in your own strength. Who the pressure's off. Not, that's a good verse to meditate. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, not in my own strength. This is Philippians 2.13 in the Amplified. It says, but God is all the while, who all the while, effectually at work within you. What is he doing? He's energizing you. You need some energy today? You need some strength today? I recommend some dark chocolate. <laughs> and you know, the joy of the Lord. I don't drink coffee, but I definitely have some chocolate before I preach. <laughs> but you know, God will energize you. Amen. That's the secret. Yeah. Right. God will energize you. He will, he's working within you to energize within you. It says not in your own strength, but it is God who is all the while effectually at work within you, energizing and creating within you the power and desire. Did you hear that? Not only will God give you the ability, but he'll give you the want to. He'll give you that, um, you know, 
that when you feel like you're running out of strength, he is the second wind, like, just like that runner, you know, they get that oomph, they get that second wind, the wind of the Holy Spirit, he will energize you, he will quicken you. You know, God's word in your mouth is just as powerful as God's word in his mouth. Let the weak say, I'm defeated, I'm weak. No, let the weak say, I am strong. I am strong, I am well able. I'm able, I have the greater one within me. So you can be bold to speak what God says about you. It says that you, it says right here that he has a way of escape for you. Even in the middle of the storm and the trial, remember, come to Jesus. He'll give you a permanent vacation of rest. It says in Psalms um, 23, you know how he will restore your soul. And he said right there in the middle of your enemies, what did he say? Go ahead and have a feast, have a party. <laughs> he said that you will have a, he's prepare the table before you wear in the presence of your enemies not waiting until like okay you know everything is perfect in life if you're waiting for things to be perfect in life to have some joy we're gonna be waiting a long time that <laughs> so you know it in the middle of the trial count it all joy James says count it all joy when you're going through a trial when you're going through a storm count it all joy not not rejoicing because yay I love storms no rejoicing because the greater the trial the greater the difficulty, whoo, the greater the turnaround, the greater the breakthrough, amen? What is God gonna do? It's an exciting adventure. Faith is exciting. What is God gonna do next, amen? Ooh, you don't quit. You know victory belongs to you. But sometimes you don't know how great that victory is gonna be. It's gonna be greater. God is able. You are able to overcome. And guess what? God is faithful. God is able. Ephesians 3.20 said, God is able to do what? To do exceeding abundantly. Above all, you could ask, dare, think, dream, or even imagine. God wants you to dream dream big. But guess what? God can do bigger. Amen. God's faithful. He's reliable. You're not staying there. You're going all the way. So you're loved the same way Jesus is loved. You have the same peace as Jesus. Amen. And you have that same authority. So he said right there, it says that he, that you are not tempted above your ability, above your strength of resistance. Have enough confidence in yourself that God Almighty has. He said, you will not be tempted beyond your strength of resistance, power to endure. And you know, the enemy roams around like a lion, seeking whom he may devour, but he is not the lion. We have the line of Judah, the greater one within you. And the Bible says that the right Righteous are to be as bold as a lion, not wimpy, not cowardly, not, you know, like a little kitty cat. No, you're, you are as bold as a lion. I was in, I do a lot of missions. I love it. Heading to India for these soon in April, and then we'll be in Egypt and in some other places later this year. Oh yeah, later this year. But I remember being in Kenya, one of my favorite places, and I was staying on a guest house on um, some property with uh, some missionaries there. So I'm walking at night to this guest house and they lived kind of near a game reserve so sometimes you can hear a lion roar and it sounds like it's right next to you but it's actually like miles away and I remember I was walking and you know I can be a little bit of like um I mean I can be really bold but sometimes the temptation there you can have that temptation to be a little scaredy cat sometimes so you know I'm walking out there like by myself and then all of a sudden I hear this noise and it's like the ground you know you could like kind of feel a tremble it's like oh my gosh and I ran all the way back into the, I was like just as close to the guest house I'm like I'm not going there alone I ran back to the house it's probably farther away but you know and you know when you hear that lion roar it's loud it's powerful the righteous are as 
are as bold as a lion. That's you. Be bold. We overcome by the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony. Don't be intimidated by the shame, by the trial, by the storm, by the depression, by the hopelessness. The enemy will try to silence you. That's one of his tools. He will try to silence Christians. Why? Because a silent Christian is a dead Christian. But the words that Jesus has given you, they are spirit, they are life. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Pastor read it this morning, that the power of life and death, where is it? It's in your tongue. Your victory is in your voice, amen? What you will experience is based on what you believe and what you speak, amen? So we have the power to endure that you may be capable. It says right here that he will provide the way out. He will provide the escape, the means of escape to a landing place that you may be capable, strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. You can rejoice, count it all joy. Why? This isn't the end. You're gonna go to the other side. You're gonna make it all the way. And you know, just with that, I want you to keep that um, as we uh, go on to the next part, that you know, just keep that in the forefront of your thinking, that you know it just like a runner can run a race, just like the disciples were, you know, they went off on that journey. Jesus said, we're gonna go to the other side. Did you know the enemy is afraid of where you're going, amen? The enemy is afraid of the victory and the, and the purpose that belongs to you. So if we have this baton. I just want you to picture that Jesus, that God Almighty is handing you a baton. Ephesians 2.10, he said, you're the workmanship of God. You're recreated in Christ Jesus. And the Amplified, it says, born again to do those good works that he's planned for you. That you're alive on this earth for a purpose. And it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter what season of life you're in. Take a deep breath right now. Was that everyone who was able to breathe? You know, if you were able to take a deep breath and you have breath in your lungs, guess what? God has a purpose for you. If you are alive on this earth, you're here, just wait to me. Let me make sure you're alive. All right, all right. So some sleeping, no, all right. You know, if God, if you are alive on the earth today, God has called you for such a time as this. Every season is significant from the youngest to the oldest. And you know, I especially love to say, even as we get a little bit older in life, the enemy will try that same trick and he'll try to say it's too late your time's over the good old days were behind you you missed it back then it's not going to happen now the enemy will try that trick with everyone or if you know if you're on the other spectrum if you're a little bit younger then we will try to try to say you know this isn't for you you gotta wait you gotta wait you no 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 god can't use you where you're at no that's a lie from the pit of hell guess what if you're alive on this earth god has a purpose a specific assignment upon this specific season of your life and you don't have to stand behind a pulpit or have a microphone in your hand to be used by God. You don't even have to be able to sing as amazing as the worship team was. God can use you even if you can't sing. Guess what? God wants to use you in the workplace. God wants to use you at school. God wants you to have a dream in your heart. It says that in uh, Proverbs, it says, where there is no vision, what happens? The people perish. That's like another really encouraging verse, like, wow, no vision, everyone dies. Like, all right, sounds really encouraging. Well, what's the reverse part of that truth, of that scripture? If that's true, then the reverse is also true. Well, where there is vision, what happens? You're gonna flourish, you're gonna thrive, you're gonna increase, you're gonna excel in life, you're gonna rise above. So, you know, God has handed you a baton. He's given you a purpose. He's a God of vision. He's a God that sees, amen? He's the finisher. And God, if there's, a, you know who the, the biggest dreamer is? It's God. 
God had a dream about you. You know, he had, what is that? That vision about you. God wanted you, that desire. And God created you with a purpose, with an assignment, with his grace. You are graced for your place, amen? So God wants you the dream. God's able to do exceeding abundantly above anything that you could ask, hope, dream, or imagine, amen? God has a purpose for your life. And, and it talks about in Psalms how he will give you the secret desires and the petitions of your heart. Those things that are secret to you, they are no secret to God. You know why? God placed that desire within you. There's some God-given deposited, God-deposited desires and dreams within you. But the, so you have a baton in your hand. The moment that you, know, that you were born and that you were born again, guess what? God has a purpose for you. You're chosen. You didn't choose God. He chose you first. You know, we love God why he loved you first, amen? So God has a purpose for you. But again, to be uh, forewarned is to be forearmed. We need to know about our enemy, amen? And it's how right there, the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. He's not just gonna sit back and be like, wow, God has a plan for you. Okay, <laughs> cheer you on. No, you know, he's gonna do whatever he can to try to hinder you in the race. And let's use this backpack again. Like we said, you can't be running a race. It's real. I don't think, have you ever seen a, an Olympic runner be like, okay, it's time to run. Let's load ourselves down with some weights right now. No, what do they do? They strip it off and they want to be as light as possible. It's hard to run a race when you've got all this baggage on you. And in the same way, the enemy will try to use whatever it might be in your life. You know, the, the details of your story, they're going to be different from the details of mine, but the answer is always the same, amen? And victory always belongs to you. Now, thanks be unto God who always causes you to triumph. So this might represent a lot of different things for a lot of different people. This might be the shame of your past. This might be feeling like your damaged goods. Just feeling, we talked about how God loves you the same way he loves Jesus. This might be that feeling of never feeling like you measure up or that you're good enough. Just being tormented by the lie that God's ashamed of you. God's mad at you. You're not enough. If you looked like that, if you talked like that, if you did everything right, maybe God would love you then. If you had as amazing rock and roll hair as Pastor John, maybe God would love you. <laughs> Just maybe. <laughs> but, but you know, this might represent a lot of different things things for a lot of different people, but it all comes from the same source. It's the thief. He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, and he will try to steal that vision. Did you know shame is a confidence killer? Condemnation is a confidence killer? The righteous are to be as bold as a lion. So the enemy's gonna go after. It takes confidence to live the life of victory. Jesus has you. Confidence not in yourself, confidence and courage in God, amen? We're complete in him. So the enemy will try to attack that and he'll try to attack that sense of purpose because where there is no vision, the people perish. He'll try to say, it's too late for you. It's over, it's never gonna happen. It's too big, it's too great, it's too impossible. He'll try to load you down with whatever that might be. And you know, in my life, a little bit about my testimony is, so I think you heard how, you know, I grew up down in Miami, yeah. Yo, 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 remember, Olivia Mo. all right. <laughs> so I grew up down in Miami where my grandparents and my parents, they have, you know, a wonderful church down there and grew up very involved with seeing God doing amazing things. But did you know that even as a pastor's kid, you know, no one is exempt 
from the temptations and the trials of life. And I remember, and you know what? The, the devil doesn't wait until, he doesn't play fair. He doesn't wait until your kids grow up to try to attack them. No, in every season of life, it's the thief who comes to steal and he's roaming around like a lion. So I remember even as a kid, you know, wondering, does God really love me? Does God, you know, am I good enough for God? It's the same lies of the enemy. But thank God that we know just like Jeremiah, it says, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Jeremiah 31 verse three, he said, yes, I have loved you. It does, it's not a love based on how good you are. It's a love based on the goodness of God, amen? So we can live free from that performance mentality. That's another bondage of the enemy, another baggage of the enemy. He tries to make you think it's all about your performance. No, it's about the goodness and the faithfulness of God, amen? And within that place, he gives you the grace to live right. He gives you the ability to do what pleases him, amen? But he loves you and he's with you and he strengthens you. But um, so I remember though going through life and then when I was a teenager, that's when I was really, really just becoming very on fire for God, devouring the word of God, coming home from high school. I went to a public school. I'd come home to listen to Keith Moore and you know, would sit down, take notes, learning all these new scriptures, just really diving into God's word, learning how we can be led by the spirit of God for ourselves. And it was just as simple as getting quiet and listening to God. Can you imagine that if you just get quiet and listen. Guess what? God is speaking to you. Amen. And God spoke to my heart as a young person when I was 15. I was called to the nations. I was called to preach the gospel. So it's like I took that baton and I just kind of dove right into that. And I began, you know, just getting to start preaching when I was 15 years old. It's like I was running that race, had the baton in my hand. But again, the enemy's not just going to sit back and be like, hey, go, go, go. He's not going to cheer you on. He's going to do whatever he can to try to hinder you from that race. He, you know, you're the only person that can stop you, but he will try to hinder you. He'll try to stop you in that race. And what happened with me was that I ended up getting married at a pretty young age and then went through a really difficult divorce. And after that divorce, you know, it's like that label of shame, that label of just being labeled by the things that I went through, you know, and just that stigma of the title of being divorced. That's what, what really I was struggling with, of just having that burden of shame felt way down there. You know, sometimes I have um, name tags with me. I just want you to imagine that, that the enemy will try to use whatever it is that you go through in life and he'll try to label you according to that. And he'll try to say, you know, you're unwanted. You're unloved. You're rejected. You're condemned. Whatever it might be, he'll try to label you according to that. But aren't you thankful that Jesus said, we're not staying here. He said, we're gonna go to the other side, amen? So you might be there right now today. Maybe you're currently dealing with some shame or depression or hopelessness, or maybe those feelings of not feeling loved, whatever it might be, you don't have to live under the burden of that shame. And I remember for me, you know, even though I was dealing with all of these things, actually I was on the verge of taking my life because just like we talked about how the enemy will try to make you think there's no way out. The enemy will try, and faith is not denial, you know it, but faith is sight of a higher kind, amen? But sometimes when you're going in the midst of that thing, if we're paying attention to the wrong things, and sometimes you can learn what not to do after you do the wrong thing. I know for all of you, I think it's good to be transparent in church. If you're gonna be real and transparent anywhere, go ahead and do it in the church, amen? But you know, because otherwise the enemy will try to say, you're the only one that deals with that. You're the only one that's struggling with that. But I know for myself, when I was in the midst of all of those things, and you know, paying way too much attention to the lies of the enemy, I began to believe you're gonna be 
begin to believe what you're feeding on, what you're entertaining in your life. And I began to believe that there is no way out. I began to believe, how could God still have a purpose for me? How could God still love me? I began to believe these lies from the enemy. And the more that you believe those things, guess what? You're gonna spiral more down and down into that pit of shame, that pit, that pit of hopelessness, thinking that there's no way out, thinking it's way too late. And you know, so for me, I basically felt like life was over. And I was on the verge right, of wanting just to end my life right there, thinking there's no point in moving on. But I remember as time was passing, you know, somehow I found myself, it was like the first missions trip that I was on since everything had happened. And you know, here's the thing, if you would have looked at me, you probably would have thought that girl has no problem. She has no issues. I was hiding a lot of pain behind a smile. But did you know Jesus did not come to this earth? He did not die on the cross for you. He was not raised from the dead for you to hide shame with a band-aid. He wasn't, he didn't do all that for you just to use a band-aid to cover things up, to learn to deal with something, to learn to cope with things. He doesn't want you going through life just existing. No, Jesus came to give you life that you may live to the fullest. Truly live. Jesus didn't come to give you a band-aid, but he's the healer of the brokenhearted. He is the healer. He's the restorer. He makes all things brand new. We overcome by the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony. Jesus is saying, we're going to go to the other side. But you know, that's why it's very important not to compare your life with someone else's. Sometimes we never really know what someone's dealing with. Seeing amazing things happening all around me in India, I was still tormented with wanting to end my life. But there I was, I woke up one day in India and God forever changed my life. Do you want to know how? Okay, I hope someone does. <laughs> but you know what? We're going to wrap this up real soon, guys. Just hold on. But you know, there I was in India and God had given a precious friend a dream about me. She texted me the details of the dream because you know what? God is a, is, he is a faithful pursue, pursuer of your heart. He will do whatever it takes to let you know, yes, I love you. Yes, I'm for you. Yes, I'm with you. Amen. So God had given a friend a dream about me. This dream was based upon the word of God. This is God talking to you. Amen. But so she texted me the dream. I, I woke up, I'm reading this message. And she was saying how we were walking somewhere when all of a sudden this man came up to us. He knew about everything that I'd gone through. He knew about my struggle to forgive, my struggle. Sometimes it's not even forgiving someone else. Sometimes it's also forgiving yourself, amen? He knew about all, sometimes I can be the hardest person to forgive. We can have, I feel like I keep coming back to that, just having that performance mentality, that's pressure. That's bondage. And Jesus wants you to know that he has forgiven you and you can forgive yourself. Amen. You can forgive other people who have hurt you, but in the same way, you can also, there's freedom and forgiveness. God's forgiven you. God loves you. You can live because you can't escape yourself. You are the one person you will always be with. <laughs> you go to Hawaii, you're right there. You brush your teeth, you're right there. So we need to love ourselves the way God loves us. Amen. Be at peace with yourself the way God loves you. And so he doesn't tolerate you. He celebrates you. Amen. But there I was struggling with all those things on the verge of ending my life. When this man spoke to me, he said, you will not be remembered for that. You will not be remembered for that. Even though all those things were happening, he stopped, he smiled, he looked at me and he said, you will not be remembered for that. And he just kept speaking that phrase. Well, this was the first thing, remember, I've read it on a text message in my, on my phone. I'm supposed to be getting ready for the day, but the presence of God just rushed into that hotel room. And I began to hear and picture Jesus declaring those words of freedom and life over my life. And he began to say, it's time to have more confidence and reliance upon the blood of Jesus 
Jesus, what Jesus has done for you, the victory Jesus has won for you, than you do in the failures of your past. Amen. So, and you know, so faith believes, therefore we speak. I knew I could not leave that place and leave that moment without being bold. The righteous are as bold as the line without speaking the same thing. What God says to you, we need to be bold to speak out of our own mouth. Amen. Your victory is in your voice. We need to be bold to declare the words of Jesus. I didn't feel like it. I didn't look like it, but I began to say, I will not be remembered for that. I will not be remembered for that. And the moment you be bold to speak God's word, you throw off the baggage. You throw off the shame of the past. Amen. And God is not finished yet. Amen. God is the faithful finisher. This is not the end. If you don't see that victory yet, guess what? God is taking you to the other side. You know, it's not denying that, yeah, you're going through that trial, but you don't have to stay in that place to torment. You don't have to stay there. Maybe you're there to hear. Maybe you're in that place today, a place of depression, a place of hopelessness. Thank God we do not have to stay there. Amen. God is faithful to you. Be bold to speak what God says about you. The same anointing that's upon the word of God, when you speak it, that anointing destroys every yoke of bondage. Amen. There's no bondage too great. And that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, there's no pain too great that he cannot raise you and I up out of. Though the righteous man falls seven times, you shall arise. And you know, not just existing, God wants you to get up from that place of hopelessness and shame and not just existing, not barely getting by, but where there is vision, he wants you to flourish. He wants you to thrive with vision. He wants you to be alive with vision. And I just want to end and leave you all with this. That's something that the Lord spoke to my heart as we were going into 2022. And I'll be, I'll be uh, transparent again in the natural. I didn't have too much vision or expectation for this year. And is that bad for a preacher to say that, you know, I wasn't going into this year with like, oh, wow, it's going to be a great year. No, sometimes the enemy, here's another lie, another uh, tool. He'll try to use the disappointments of the past to try to load you down and think, you know what? He'll try to get our believing based on what hasn't happened yet and say, if it hasn't happened, it's not gonna happen. So you know what? Sometimes you can feel like you're loaded down with that disappointment because the enemy knows it's hard for a broken heart to dream. But don't you know that Jesus is the healer? And as we receive and walk in that healing, he wants your heart to be alive with vision, to be flourishing and thriving with the dreams, the desire that he has for you. So I was actually flying on my way to preach on a New Year's Eve service thought, well, I better get stirred up about something here. <laughs> and you know, I asked the Lord, I said, hey God, what are you saying about 2022? And I want to leave you with this. He said that long awaited dreams will come true in 2022. Long awaited dreams will come true in 2022. He said, what I've already been speaking to you about, what I have spoken to you about, you know, get ready. This will be a year of suddenlies and a year of great turnarounds. Amen. God can suddenly make it happen. Amen suddenly make those long awaited dreams. If you will believe it, will you believe, therefore you speak. So don't stay, don't stay stuck in the shame of your past. Don't stay stuck there. There's so much more for you. There's so much more for you. God wants you to dream. God is able. It reminds me of, you know, Hannah in 1 Samuel. She had a desire from God. She had a desire for a son. But guess what? She was postponing her joy until that desire was fulfilled. But you 
can go ahead and you can believe the word of the Lord. If that bears witness with your heart, you can believe that this will be a year of turnaround for you. This will be a year of suddenlies for you. You can choose to believe that. You know, if God's speaking that to your heart, you can believe that long away the dreams will come true in 2022. And you know, you don't have to wait to rejoice until you see it. Amen. Just like Hannah, the moment, yeah, she went through years depressed, years feeling hopeless, years living with disappointment. But the moment she heard the word of the Lord, this is in 1 Samuel 1, the moment she heard that her desire and her petition had been uh, heard by the Lord, guess what? She left that place no more sad. She left that place rejoicing with a smile on her face. Amen. And I believe that in the same way, just like within the year after that was her turning point, she chose to believe. And guess what? Believing there is some rejoicing that happens. Amen. God is the God of vision of hope. We believe, therefore we speak. And you know, as you're believing God, you are filled with joy and peace in believing. So I just want to encourage you, choose to believe what God has said about you. Choose to believe that you are going to the other side. And I believe that God wants to make some desires and dreams. He wants those things to be alive within your heart. He can make all dreams new again, amen? It says in Psalms 126, when the Lord turned again, the captivity of Zion, what happened? We were like them that dream. God is turning things around in your life. And so Paul and Silas at midnight, they were in prison. And at midnight, that's the darkest hour. You don't have to wait to rejoice. You know, in the middle of the chains, in the middle of, in the midst of the prison, it says at midnight, they prayed and sang praises to God. So loud that even the prisoners heard them. And the moment they did it, it said, and suddenly, say the word, the word suddenly, say that right now. And suddenly there is a mighty rushing wind. It says that there was a great, uh, there was a shaking that took place. Amen. And it says that how that place was shaken about and that every door was open and every chain was broken. And I believe that's what this year is going to be full of. Doors being open, the right doors being open for you. And bondages, the bondage of shame, the bondage of disappointment, the bondage of a broken heart being broken in Jesus' name. So God wants to do a new thing in your life. It's already begun. It's already happening. Be bold to speak what God says about you. Be bold to believe what God says about you. Amen. You are loved. You're not forgotten. And you know, in 1 Samuel, it says, and the Lord remembered Hannah. You're not going to be remembered for the shame of your past. When God sees you, he sees that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And guess what? And God also remembers the dreams of your heart. God remembers the desires of your heart. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. So what the enemy would mean for to be your breaking point, what the enemy would mean for be your point of, of no return, of your point of discouragement and to be your breaking point, I believe that God will turn around to be a time of breakthrough for you, amen? To be a time of breaking through. And that's why I believe 2022, get ready, a time of suddenlies, you're gonna break through. When the Lord turned again, again your captivity, what happened? You're gonna dream and dreams will come true. Amen. Is it okay if I just go ahead and pray a quick blessing over each one of us right now? Let's just lift our hands to the Lord right now. Father God, we love you. 
We thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you love us the exact same way that you love Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that you are doing a brand new thing. It's already begun. It's happening now in Jesus' name. So right now, Lord, you see every heart. You see every person here right now. And Lord, if there's those of us today, maybe that have been uh, dealing with the shame of our past or even the disappointments of the past, and maybe are in that place of having a broken heart and also having a broken heart even based on some disappointments of the past. Right now, whatever it is that you're dealing with, just lift your hands up to God right now. Just let this be an intimate moment with you and God. In the mighty name of Jesus, whatever it is, that baggage that would try to hinder some dreams and try to hinder truly living. Maybe um, maybe even difficulty to truly believe that they are loved. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the freedom that's found in you, for the anointing of God right now to destroy every yoke of bondage. And we thank you, Lord, just like you did for me, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you make all things brand new in their life and you give them new hope and new vision and just an impartation of expectation and freedom in Jesus' name, that they can have vision for their lives, that their hearts are made whole right now in the mighty name of Jesus, just like you heal bodies, heal hearts right now. Give sight to the blind, give vision, vision to your people right now to let them know this isn't the end. We're gonna go to the other side. And this is the day that the Lord has made. He said, rejoice and be glad in this day. Thank you, Lord, for joy. <laughs> Woo, joy right now. Joy and expectation. It's not over. It's not over. And it's a time of turnaround. We thank you, Lord, for turnaround. Breaking through, taking place in the lives here. Breaking through, breaking out and breaking through. Enlarging the place of their tent. For them to be alive with dreams, vision, expectancy. And you are the God who makes up for the losses. You are the God of restoration. Restore in their lives. Nothing is too hard for you. And thank you, Lord, that dreams will come true. Long away the dreams will come true in 2022. In the mighty name of Jesus, if you believe it, just shout amen. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 